You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Yeah, so Kevin, uh, actually, you know what, I'll turn off this space heater because the, the listeners all get irritated. Don't worry, see what I do for you listeners? I turn off my heat. It is a chilly 11 degrees Celsius. I'm frozen. My brain hasn't turned on. This is going to be a show about nothing, I think, Kevin. Well, it's not going to be about completely nothing. It's just going to be about something about nothing. Because here where I am... But that's still nothing. No, it's nothing about nothing. But then there's nothing. Exactly. This is confusing. It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, there's a bad joke in there that I'm not going to make anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Kevin, tell me, what episode are we up to of this crazy out-of-control show? We are welcoming our listeners to episode 115 of the geekiest show ever. Wow. Imagine if someone's actually listened from episode one. I feel for you. For episode one for the show or episode one for us? For the show. Been through a bunch of different hosts and different hosting styles and different topic ranges, and I wonder if they hate us or like us. I don't know. We don't get a whole lot of reviews in iTunes, so it's hard to say. Yeah. You know, our friends, you know, put reviews in, the three of them that we have, everyone else. Hey, well, if you, if you, you get if an extra friend? I bribed him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Now, now... Mike keeps charging me to stay my friend, so no I'm kidding. I've got to chug on that one. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You're sitting there freezing. Yep. It's the 5th of July here in the United States. Well, it's the 6th of July for you, actually. But it's the 5th of July. It's the day after the Independence Day, the 4th of July, the big celebration where we oh, I had a big celebration up. last night on, on the 5th of July. For what? Gretel's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, you saint who walks among us, Gretel. Indeed, I spent three and a half hours cooking her a beautiful birthday cake yesterday. Made a bit of a mess of the kitchen, but the cake, oh my God, it's an orgasm in the mouth, Kevin. Oh, oh dear God. It's chocolate, it's only chocolate! (laughs) We went there really fast this week. Well, see, it's just this moist chocolate cake, this mmm, 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 mmm. Well, see, now, that's what I was going to talk about. It's, you know, it's the day after the 4th of July. You know, here in America, we have huge cookouts on the 4th of July. Then we set off fireworks to try to blow up our own little piece of the United States, um, which is what I did last night. I, you, you, I guys, spent- you guys have a death wish over there, don't you? It's like every movie you make, let's blow it up. Every government official, let's blow it up. Why can't you just hold hands and, and sing Kumbaya? We do, but then we blow it up. But the, <laughs> but now I bought because uh, I I made my annual pilgrimage up to the fireworks emporium, that is uh, about an hour and ten minutes away from my house, where I can buy cheap fireworks. And I think I dropped about one hundred and seventy five dollars on fireworks this that's year. That's cheap! Holy crap! It, you know that's that's less than I have other. My buddy and I have gone up there before. Hmm. And we have a premium platinum membership. Um, if the listeners want to know what I'm talking about, it go to fireworks.com. Uh, and we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Uh, it's a company called Phantom Fireworks. Uh, we went up there, uh, but we have come away from there 
buying stuff for him and me and usually maybe one other person, we have dropped as much as about $1,400 U.S. Kevin? Yes? I love you, mate, but you're insane. 1400 You could buy a MacBook Air for that price. What are you doing? Well, that's not just me. That's three people together. Okay, but, but still, that's a, a bucket load of money. I mean, that's an iPad mini. <laughs> you know, it's it's some piece of cool tech. Wow. Yeah, well, but back then I didn't have as much cool tech as I did now. And the kids enjoy the fireworks. So, and I, after Christmas, the 4th of July is my favorite holiday. And now that I've had the 4th of July, I'm ready for summer to end. That's it. <laughs> I'm, just like I know a lot of people that after Christmas are ready for winter to end in this part of the world. After the 4th of July, I'm done with summer. It's over with. Well, Britt, send, send it back my way. Go blowing it. Blow the, the season back this way. Well, oh, God. Spittle came through. Oh, 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 all over my face in my eye. Thanks, Kevin. Oh, shocking. What no, I was going to say was about the food. You talked about you cook Gretel a wonderful thing. We had a cookout. Yeah. And my wife made something I bet you would love. She made a, a dessert. It was one she found in a um, cooking magazine, I think, that she gets a subscription to. Mm-hmm. Basically, you make an angel food cake. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Okay. Then you cube it all up real small. Mm-hmm. And you mix Cool Whip or Ready Whip, whatever you want to yep. call it, and cream cheese and sugar and stuff together. Then you stir that in with the, then you mix the cake cubes together with that. And then she covered it with fresh cooked blueberries and put over top and then let it chill. Mm. That was heaven. Nice. That was very refreshing for a hot summer day to have after cooking burgers and dogs on the grill outside. Cause I cooked the hot dogs yesterday the way everybody liked. I cooked them till they split open on the grill they were nice and done, nice burgers. And matter of fact, just had lots of baked beans. So I apologize in advance. Beans, beans, more. the musical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. True. So I apologize for any inadvertent <laughs> noises that the listeners might hear. Kevin! <coughs> Mark, that was really a pathetic try. <laughs> You know what? It, it beats Guy's soundboard from the MyMac podcast. Guy has all these things teed up that he's going to do, and it's like, no, we just do them when we feel like them with our own body parts. Yeah, so next thing, next thing up, listeners, is Mark making armpit farts. <laughs> Actually, I've never been able to, to, to do that. I, can you do that, Kevin? Uh, sometimes I can, yes. Go on, do it live, live on, on the show. Let me take my shirt off so you can... We'll, we'll we'll do it later. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We, we don't need to see each other half naked. Not not no. at this stage. Not at this stage. We're Get, too early in our relationship for that. We are. We are another. You know, hundred years. We should be right. If we yeah. were on Vulcan, that'd be okay. Yes. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but not for us. <laughs> no. <laughs> Crazy. So I got a for you. Yeah, go for it. What else did you do for Gretel for her birthday besides making her a heavenly chocolate cake? Well, we had, uh, well, we had nibblies and so forth, as you can imagine. Uh, we had the family across and uh, and gave her some lovely gifts. She's got this bracelet thing. We've got this store out here called Pandora. 
And it's actually a cool jewelry store. And, you know, this is coming from a guy who doesn't think very highly of jewelry, uh, just because it costs a lot of money. Uh, but what, what this one is, Kevin, is, is you get, you buy the band and then you buy two interlinking locks and then you just add little, uh, what are they called? And they're not tokens, little trinkets, Charm. I guess, charms, little charms. So you add the charms to the bracelet over time. So, I mean, to fill up a bracelet, you're talking about maybe having 20, 25 charms. And then once you've got that full, you go to the next one kind of thing. Um, and it's just nice. The kids were able to, to get a, like one each and add to it. So, you know, there'll be more for Christmas. And it's something she likes and enjoys. And, you know, it's, it's not for me, mind you. I, I couldn't. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't wear any accessory wear at all. I don't even wear a watch. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, well, I don't want to keep watching time go by, Kevin. Um, <laughs> seeing your life tick away. Yeah, it's, go, it's going quick enough. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she got that. Then she got a couple of DVDs. Uh, what did I get her? I got her, um, uh, something's got to give with Jack Nicholson in it. Um, and Helen Hunt, good movie from the late nineties from memory. Um, very funny and, and so forth. And I've always liked Helen Hunt. So, you know, there's a good movie for me to watch. Um, <laughs> yes, listeners, you can get into my mind for that one. Um, and, and I apologize to both Dorothy and Summer in advance, the two female listeners we know we have. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're the only ones that put up with us all the time. Um, <laughs> And then I got a crazy, stupid love, which is you know not a bad uh, comedy film as well. And then uh, Are You Being Served season three and four, because for Mother's Day I got a season uh, series one and two. So uh, growing that collection for her. Well, I have to tell you that that's wonderful. No, I, and I've gotten to know your wife a little bit. Bless her heart. She she likes to talk to me. I think it's a nice break from you. Is I think part of the reason she likes to talk to me. I, I'd say so. <laughs> and and she she not unlike myself enjoys insulting you. So that yeah, works I out. Well. Ha- what is it with people insulting me? I mean, am I really that insufferable? Anyway, the oh. <laughs> why do I podcast with this guy, listeners? Why, why, why? Once a week, I put myself through an hour of torture just to deliver a show to you guys. And then, we don't get paid advertising either. Ugh. You know, we, we need a whoopee cushion company to advertise with us, Kevin. I would say we should have a whoopee cushion, joy buzzer, you know, the fake snakes in the can, you know, all the, 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 uh, the fake vomit company. You know, all of them. Yeah, yeah. imagine it dripping off the screen. <laughs> oh, no, no, I used to have some great, I still have it somewhere, some fake vomit. It looked really pretty good. And the neat thing was if you got it a little wet, then it would get little milky spots and stuff in it when you threw it on, on the floor. Oh, jeez. Hey, Kevin, I got to ask, did it have little bits of carrot in it? It had little bits of stuff in it. Yes, it was textured. I I, honest, I honestly don't know what it is with people when they throw up, but it, carrots must not go through the system because every time I've seen anyone throw up, carrots come up. Really? 
Yeah. Do you watch many people throw No, I, I, I don't, thankfully. I, I, I actually haven't seen anyone. Well, I, I see the kids occasionally, but they haven't shown up for a couple of years, thank God. Now, the last time I really saw someone show up was uh, when I was at a, a pub many, many years ago, probably 10 years ago now. And it was just like, oh, look at it dripping down the stairs. Ugh. Oh, God. The worst thing I had and was... the smell. Oh. About, about two years ago, I guess, maybe three at the most, I had my youngest daughter with me, and she was going to help me do something. We were going... I, she'd ridden with me, and it was Christmas. We were going over... I know what we were doing. I was taking her over to help me do some stuff at my mother's house. And uh, she's with me. Well, she had eaten a bunch of peanuts in the shell Mm -hmm. you know you crack them open yep and we're we're riding along all of a sudden she says dad daddy i don't feel daddy (laughs) and she just and i'm in the truck it's winter the heat's going oh no and i'm and she's she's trying she's getting sick i said don't get it on everything in my truck and i'm gagging i got the windows rolled down i got my head hanging out the window i i call my wife i said and so my my wife's waiting for me when we pull into the driveway. She helps my daughter out of the truck. I jump out of the truck. I'm sitting there going, <laughs> trying not to Ralph myself. <laughs> oh, man. All I can think is just something that resembles peanut butter. <laughs> uh, and the smell of peanuts, half-digested peanuts is not blood. <laughs> And, and and not to mention that you had the heat on too, so you were cooking those nuts. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> see, see, we're talking about absolutely nothing, and this show's going great, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the full week of content we gave everybody last week, and now we're talking about vomit. Yeah. What? Oh. <laughs> hey, that's just how our wacky minds work. Uh, wacky, demented, you know, whichever way you want to go with it. Look, sometimes you've got to talk about embarrassing things and things, you know, that happen in the week, I guess. And speaking of things that happen in the week, have you ever played tennis games, like computer tennis games? Um, I've played the original Pong Tennis, and I think I played it on my Atari 2600, and Mm -hmm. I played on the Wii. The Wii U, or the oh, Wii. they've got it on yeah. the Wii, do they? We or, have one or two things that has it on it, yes. Oh, nifty. I haven't seen Pond on there, so I have to look out for that one. Um, no, I, no I, I've, tennis. Oh, you mean tennis game. Well, I've got Virtua Tennis um, 4 for the Wii, and uh, I've, I've been a long, long fan of that series. It's just been great. I got it when I had the original Game Boy SP, Actually, Tim Chatton's going to be angry that I'm talking about it on this show and not the Nintendo show, but I'll, I'll, re- I'll talk about it on the Nintendo show because I'm sure that people listening to this show don't listen to that too, and vice versa. If you do and you listen to me on all my five shows, I feel sorry for you, and I apologize for putting up with me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so this, this game, really, really good game. And, you know, so I, I've mastered the game. Let's put it that way, Kevin. No one in my real life can beat me um you know the stepson he comes across every couple of days we battle it out he almost beats me but i always win every time it looks like he's about to beat me it'll be like you know he'll be at 40 i'll be at 15 and i just have a comeback i bring it to juice 
and then, you know, I go and get that advantage and I just whip his ass and it's the greatest feeling in the world. I just, I, I should play that game for money. It's the only thing I'm good at. You know, now I'm picturing you and Serena Williams playing doubles at Wimbledon. Virtually. I can't picture that. I can. She's yelling at you for not doing it right and beating you with the racket. Oh, I can quite picture that. I can hold the racket right. Can you? Well, the way the way I hold it is right. I don't hold that wrong. Oh, that's right. Like unlike last week when you were holding it wrong. So, Kevin, that was after the show. That was the show title. You mo wrong. Oh, was it? (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, I have to tell you something about playing real tennis. I never could. I still can't. Oh, I can. I I'd love it, but unfor- I, I unfortunately, never... it's getting beyond me now. Well, I never could learn to hit the ball to make it go the you know do what it was supposed to. So back in school, when they when every year when it would come around to the two or three weeks we'd play tennis, and I knew I wasn't going to be any good at it. There was this big field on the other side of the tennis courts they'd hit the ball to me i'd swing back and hit it send it over and i'd spend the rest <laughs> of the gym class over walking around in the field pretending to look for the ball because we had to find them if we hit them out of the oh tennis court. kevin 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 shame 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 but uh, you know tennis isn't and correct me if i'm wrong but tennis isn't really a major sport in the u.s is it it's it's very popular but it would you, would you call it like it's not gridiron it's not nascar it's you know it's not Major League Baseball. It's, I, I think. I think even Canadian ice hockey would surpass it. Um, it comes and goes. You know, it depends on if we've got anybody that's really well seated in the uh, world rankings. Uh, when uh, I, I think again, I don't follow tennis. There's a lot of sports I don't follow. So, listeners, please forgive me if I get it wrong. But uh, you know, Serena Williams and uh, her sister. Um. Crap, I can't remember sister. You know, when they were well-seated, they everybody followed tennis then. And back in the days of uh, Jimmy Connors cussing out people. Or, oh, come uh, on, Mac- McEnroe was much better. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, McEnroe was better. Yeah, yeah, they're always throwing the racket down saying, you can't be serious. And then uh, Arthur Ashe, mm-hmm. uh, who was a good tennis player. You know, back in the, you know, at, at different times, I remember watching the famous match between... Uh, who was the guy that was a real chauvinist? Billie Jean King and um, uh, the guy that was a real chauvinistic pig. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. I remember watching it on TV because he swore up and down no woman could ever beat a man at tennis. And This was like during the <laughs> 70s. And, oh, my God. I said, you, you moron. I, you know, but hey, we all watched it, you know. But yeah, it comes and goes. It's No, it's nothing like football, baseball, basketball, NASCAR. Um, those are really the big ones. Mm. Hockey's fairly big. Um, the only ones I really follow are foot. The only thing I really follow is football, uh, and a little bit of rugby when I can catch it. So, yeah, rugby's not too bad, especially when Australia beats New Zealand and England. Now you pissed off Alistair. That was my intention. Okay, yep, good. Yep, yep. That- Alistair, I'm not pissing you off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't help it if Australia's better. You know. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> boy, that's going to go down well. But in, yeah. in, in all honesty, i got, I got to tell you, New Zealand's a beautiful place. Been there, love it, and uh, haven't been there for 
God, it would be 10 years at least. Yeah, about 2003 was my last time in New Zealand. Um, you know, just beautiful, beautiful country uh, and wonderful people across there. So, you know, if, if it's really a home away from home almost for many Australians. And I know many Australians tend to retire to New Zealand and, and certainly if they don't retire, they tend to, to go for extended holidays. So, yeah, good neighbours we've got there. Um, but, you know, getting back to tennis, you know what I used to always think was funny? And I, I still think it's funny, and this is going to... This is nerdy, geeky, and, and it's going to be an, oh, my God, you're an idiot, Mark, moment. But when I was playing tennis games, you know, be it on the console or be it on something like a little Game Boy, you know how you've got the virtual grass that your little tennis players running across? I used to always wonder if the grass... You know how when you watch Wimbledon, they've got the grass courts and there's spots where there's no grass. It's just worn out. I was yeah. like, I and, and when I play the games, I just sit there wondering, I wonder if I can wear the grass out, if the grass is going to wear out like it does in Wimbledon, but in the game. Oh, dear God. Yeah, but... Really? Yeah! What, why? why uh, but you're running back and forth. You've got to wear the grass out. I mean, seriously, yeah, but- look, seriously, I've just given game developers a million dollar idea with that because if you actually had real world effects happen to your court, so say, for instance, the guys at Sega that, you know, developed virtual tennis, if they actually had the ground wear, the grass wear, then the ball would bounce differently. And then it would appear in real time as your little guys going back and forth in the match. And then if you had a whole tournament, by the time you got to the finals, it'd be really bad. But see, that doesn't make any logical sense. It's an you're playing in a virtual, air quotes, artificial world. So you know they're using artificial turf on the artificial courts, and the artificial turf doesn't, doesn't wear out. But but it should. Artificial turf doesn't wear out that fast. No, but it should over time, and in the computer game, it should. Kevin. <laughs> Don't confuse me here. My my hypothesis is correct that we should look. It, it's always amazed me, you know. A couple of games when it was announced, and this is going way back, PlayStation Three announcement and so forth. It was all about, hey, whatever weather it is outside, we're going to make that weather in the game. So imagine a racing car game. You're enjoying the game. You're racing away, and it starts. There's a thunderstorm outside. Well, the game then changes and becomes a stormy background and thunderstorm and rain and it becomes slicker for the car. I think the problem is computer games are pushing the limits of what you can do gameplay-wise and what you can do graphically, but the environmental, I want that virtual world to become more realistic. I want it to become more um, real, I guess, more in tune with what's happening in the daily life, if that makes sense. So, hey, if it's sunny outside, make it sunny in the game. If it's raining, make it rainy. So that you you kind of get that immersion. Um, you know, if it's winter, tone the colours down so that they're colder colours. If it's summer, make it brighter and more vibrant. Have that constantly. You know, everything's connected to the internet. So have all these games to where it matches your location... And then it replicates what's happening in your location weather-wise. I think that is really going to be the epitome of, of gaming if people and if developers actually do that. It, it would be absolutely ideal. And I know there's been a lot of talk about it, but I've never really seen anything 
come out that's been, oh, yeah, that works. Well, you know, I, I can understand why you would want something like that. But I always think about, I want to set the game up so I can win. And if I'm going to set it up so I can win, if the weather's adverse outside, which is usually the only time I get to play video games, is when the weather's adverse outside, I'm always going to be playing in some slop, and it's going to impact the fact that I can't win. Now, if I'm playing a FPS, you know, if it's cloudy and nasty, you know, that's great. I can pop around the tree, put a bullet in your head, and we're good. And, and you know, I've got a little cover from that, from the rain and stuff. But now, how do you resolve the situation? All right, so let's say it's let's 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 say seasons are switched here. Mm-hmm. It's summer for you down under there. So it's summer for you. It's winter for me. And we'll say it's January. So that's getting towards the height of summer for you. And we're playing online. We're playing. Uh, I don't see, pick see, any. Ke- Kevin, your, Kevin, your hypothesis assumes that, that I want to play with you. Oh God, he said it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it'd be that easy to get him to say it, folks, but he did say it. <laughs> oh, dear. We went over the edge again. Anyway, so but but if you're doing that, it's winter for me. It could be snowing like hell outside, and it's hot for you. So does that but, mean you're you, looking into the snow and I'm looking out into the sun? Yeah, absolutely. Like we are now. You're, you're sweating in certain places, and I'm, I'm rugged up like an Eskimo. Yeah, but I'm always... Uh, sweating in certain places that's that's True. just the nature of me True, but e- even in the winter <clears throat> you know i <clears throat> oh pardon me listeners kevin's choking me up uh no oh, well. um you know i, I think the multi uh, that's definitely a difficult thing when multiplayer is concerned you know i'm talking definitely things like first uh you know single player games where you just okay. play by yourself or people in the same room as you. The online multiplayer, yeah, it's probably something that you couldn't do, but what would maybe be nice is just a switch. I mean, you know, if it's uh, summer for you, just, you know, in the setup settings, you could say, oh, yeah, we want it summer or we want it winter. Or, you know, you could pinpoint it to this, you know, uh, map of this FPS that I'm playing is going to be set in Sydney's current weather or the current weather in Texas or wherever you wanted. And then it sort of just replicated what was happening live. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a workaround, but it, it would still be a cool concept to have. I, I, I just love further immersion. Um, and I, and I feel that, you know, weather and then things like, you know, affecting the grass on a tennis court in a tennis game. Okay. You may laugh at me for that, but it's one of those things that ever since I played my very first NES tennis game, I've been thinking of. It's just been, why doesn't the grass wear out? Because I know it wears out in real life. You know, why not have something like that? Why not have the ball as well where it wears out? It gets fluffier and it has less bounce in it. You know, we all get a bit fluffier as we get older and a little less bounce. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) but, but Kevin, I, I I think you're thinking of another ball than, than what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a little tired this evening. Oh dear God. I apologize. <laughs> so so Kevin, you're the older one you're the older one of the two of us. Hey, are you a little bit more fluffier and a little less bouncy then? 
No. Oh shit, I can't hardly talk. And this God, is definitely the show about nothing. No, I think the show title is Fluffy Balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, imagine finding a graphic for that. Tim's going to love that one. Uh, you, 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 you do know that half the graphics I send him, he sends back to me and says, I am not putting that up. <laughs> I'm surprised it's only half. <laughs> yeah, some are with some of the stuff I release. Oh, God bless him. But He does give us a bit of free reign there. He does. But you know what? Even things, if, if we if we look at tennis and, and, you know, the ability to break strings on the racket when you do, you know, a really big power shot, for instance, or the ability to, you know, hit it badly off the racket and that. I mean, there's just little game mechanics. And I know with, say, racing games, you know, they've done that pretty well where, you know, once your tyres start to wear... You know, you got to yeah. change them and stuff like that. So there are games that are, are doing that, but there's games like tennis that are still just modern representations of Pond. And that and that's why I'm so good at Virtual Tennis 4, because it doesn't throw curveballs at you. Once you know the game mechanics, once you've played it once and mastered it once, you can play it on every single platform and every single version, and the game mechanics are the same. Now, that's good in one way, because... You know what you're getting. You know how to play the game. But when it, it's like me and I've been playing it for every single iteration of the game, it's very boring because I just play it. I win the game. I win against the computer. I win against other people. There's no challenge in it for me. As much as I love the game, I'm just going through the motions, if that makes sense. And that's not fun. I, I don't want to go through the motions. I want to be challenged. I want to be immersed. I want, you know things to go oh geez you know why did i hit it off the frame of the racket instead of smack bang in the middle like i always do well i think i know all, all jokes aside but let's remove the fluffiness and all the other things but the i think to do what you're talking about the weather thing bringing the weather in i won't say trivial i won't say simple but with given what i know of systems would be doable but when you start talking about the calculations required to understand you know that you ran back and forth across this this spot or if you were playing doubles if you played more doubles and you played singles and stuff to calculate that understand it because it's going to have to position you in the virtual environment very precisely Mm -hmm. you know and i mean you could do it and be kind of rough about it and say well, Mark kind of moved around within a rectangle that's 20 feet by 30 feet, or I don't know what the dimensions of a tennis court are. Um, but anyway, you know, you moved around in there, we'll wear out some spots in there. But if you really wanted to carry it on, I think the computing power required to do that is going to be significantly more than any of the consoles currently possess and any of the consoles that I even think are coming down the road, like the PS4. Or the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. I, and, it's a lot look, of computational power. Yeah, and, and you've got more experience with coding and so forth than I do. I've got zero experience by comparison. So, you know, I 
assume that this can be done, but I look at it from a, a I just want it to be done, it'd be so cool, let's get it done, but I don't look at how difficult that could be. And also, I suppose when you do think about it, the more you throw into a game, the more chance there is for foul-ups in the code and then causing a, a less of a, a great game experience. And, you know, we've all bought that game where it's like, well, this had great promise, but boy, it tanked. You know, it's the reason why I didn't buy the um, the latest Star Trek game, why I didn't pick up a, a PS3, and I just went, oh, you know what, I'm buying a new Blu-ray player anyway, and it's not PS3, because that game got such bad reviews over glitches that it had, and was just not polished, not finished, that I just went, you know what, I love the Star Trek universe, but that's substandard, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate it, I'm not going to buy it, so... You know, that that's the thing. If they do go a little bit too far on the coding and, and, and concentrate too much on that, then other aspects can can fail. Maybe we just need less games and bigger development teams again. I mean, a lot of games now are small development teams and they can only put in X amount. They've only got X amount of a budget. But maybe instead of releasing, you know, a different version of FIFA every single year with that only updates new players, and, oh, look, you can kick the ball slightly differently. Um, you know, perhaps they could, you know, put together a team to work on another kick-ass game and, and only release FIFA every two years or something. You know, put more people in so that then you can get environmental aspects happening. Just a thought. Yeah, no, I I understand. I remember hearing you and Tim talk about it on uh, level two of uh, the Nintendo What's it? I, Nintendo God, I can't remember. Podcast. Yes. Thank you. I apologize. I couldn't remember the name. I remember hearing you and Tim talk about that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, the computational power that I think would be required to do it, we're probably, as far as console gaming, we're still a ways away on that. I mean, I think probably some of the modern computers, like um, some of the new uh, uh, the Mac Pro or something like that, you know, that are... Oh, that new Mac you know, Pro is beautiful, if you can afford it. Yeah, 12 cores and, you know, all the graphics power and all the stuff like that, because it's, it's that's that's a crap load of power to compute that sort of thing. I agree. It would be cool, though. It would be very cool. It would be, you know, in certain... Well, think about it like in, uh, say you were doing a downhill skiing game or something like that. As you ski down the mountain, the weather conditions could change just on the mountain itself as you're coming down. Yep. If it's reading real time, you know, and and you could suddenly have problems with your skis or your skis could be too slick and you could end up uh, looking like you're trying to mate with a pine tree when you slam into the damn thing or something <laughs> like that. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm being facetious, but, you know, it could get re- it could get really brutal. And, I, you know, I think it's the way the games will go. But then the question is, where do we cross over from the games? And just because I happen to be watching some TNG episodes this afternoon, and where do we cross into the holodeck experience? Exactly. That's what I want. I I definitely, I want the holodeck without a shadow of a doubt. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll even be alive to see it in my lifetime. Um, I, I just think, you know, it's so far off that neither of us will, will see it. Um, I'd like You're to say my kids would, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd like to say that my kids would say it too, but I don't know. It's just, it's so powerful and that there's so much that would need to be done. I mean, we talk about just, you know, having certain real world effects in 
current games. And that's almost implausible at the moment. So, I don't know. A couple of hundred years away, Kevin? Mm, maybe not, because if you think about it, things are, you know, the, the curve and the speed at which things change is increasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, logarithmically, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I'll see it. If I do, that's great. If I don't, it's okay. The stuff I've seen in my lifetime, I'm good with. I'm okay with. So I'm not going to regret not seeing that. Oh, I, I, I'd regret it. See, I want the singularity where I can get out of this body and just live eternally in a machine. Well, I can shove you in a machine. No, but we're not talking about one of those that produce, you know, is like, you know, spaghetti slicer or something, Kevin. No, no, no. I was talking about one of those grinders that we have at work that grinds up the big chunks of sludge. Uh, there I am. I'm, I'm diminished to a big chunk of sludge. Yes. See? I'm just thinking of Gretel and the life insurance money she'll get. Then she can actually take that vacation that her and I have discussed. You know, we actually priced coming across and seeing you in, in the States and... Uh, for the kids and her and me, and this was just a, a very preliminary look. It's like seventeen grand in airfares, and we just went, "Wow!" <laughs> so we're going to have to yeah. seventeen for airfares. So we're going to have to look for another alternative. Not sure what yet, but don't worry, we'll swim. <laughs> I don't know about you, Kevin, but I think I'd float all the way across. Well, some things float, some don't, you know. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> uh, never mind. I'm no, and I'm not going <laughs> around. I'm into that one. Now, what were we talking about before the, the... The game thing and the computational power. Yeah, and we want to... Um, I, I mean, that it, it is one of those things that we, we see now with science and technology where things could possibly go. Of course, you've got things like the singularity, which may never happen, even if it's possible, because governments of this world won't let it happen. You know, they they will make things like that illegal and so forth. So, you know, you've got... And that, that's the other thing. You've got, you know, issues with the holodeck. I mean, you bring a holodeck into the world, is it going to be banned? Because, oh, jeez, you know... The, People will live like zombies in this virtual world. I know I would. I'd only come out to, you know, do the normal things in life, like eat and sleep. Yeah, I Yeah, I have mixed feelings about how that sort of thing could go. While the Star Trek universe presents a, uh, uh, I won't say an odd, ide- ugh, idealistic perspective of how those things could work, I just... I I'm think it's sure. ideal. You know what I think is ideal about it, Kevin, is that everyone works together for the common good of mankind, for the common good of each other, without worrying about personal belongings, without worrying about, you know, how much do I get paid, you know, racism is gone, all of that kind of crap that makes our society, you know, a a crap society. I mean, there's a reason why sci-fi geeks turn around and say, you know what, I love my sci-fi, I love watching Star Trek. It's because we hate the real world. Whether we want to admit oh, yeah. it to ourselves or not, we detest what we see. We, you know, we detest that 
things aren't working. And, you know, we, we talk about things like the holodeck not happening in our lifetime and the singularity possibly not happening in our lifetime. Um, now, if you take those and you say, well, listen, let's stop the greed, let's stop the bullshit, let's get everyone together worldwide working on solving this. There's enough food for everyone. Everyone can have their TV, their computer. You know, take economy out of it and just let's work to get this done. We'd be, you know, 100, 200 years ahead of where we are now if our society could manage to do that successfully. Now, of course, yeah. doing it successfully is, you know, a pretty broad term because, unfortunately, there's so much greed surrounding hum humans and humanity that I, I don't believe that we'd be able to do that people always be too greedy they always want something that someone else doesn't have but i don't know there's got to be some time somewhere in the future where we turn around and say you know what it's no longer cool for one percent of the world's population to have 99 percent of all the money yes i I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you and that's what i mean by being idealistic i don't think there's some of the things really fit into uh, the ideal, idealistic way that they present things. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. But I do agree. We need to work for the common good. We need to work for the greater good. But personal opinion, none of that's going to happen until you can get everybody just to agree on some basic principles in this world. And we're so far apart on agreeing on just basic principles. Like, and And I'm not trying to cite the American... Declaration of Independence, but life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are three basic principles that I think, you know, and, and you can define them in other ways. But until everybody can agree that that's what we are, I you know, I just don't see it happening. I just, it's tough. And, and governments have a real vested interest in not letting us Succeed. become. Exactly. Yes. They, 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 of course they do, because... You know, it keeps their economy rolling, it keeps everything going, and, and, and everyone at every government level is selfish. They want, you know, to keep that job, keep their big payroll, keep their pension once they're finished in government. And uh, so they take baby steps. Instead of taking major steps, it's always, oh, let's do this tiny little baby step. But don't worry, you know, in, in five years' time when I'm sitting there at my desk and I've got nothing to do and nothing to to present to Congress or, or your local government, wherever you are in the world, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say, oh, you know, we need to do this. We need to spend $100 million and, and do this project. Great. That's secured me for another five years. You know, it, it's greed starts at the top, unfortunately. And um, and it trickles down just like all the bullshit it does everywhere else in the world. <laughs> you know, it sometimes so. makes me wonder why we don't revolt against these governments. Do we need governments? I mean, if you look at Star Trek, they've got the Federation that controls, you know, the interstellar, you know, going-ons of, of what happens. But do you actually really need that power-hungry government at the top? Um, you need some sort of controlling mechanism. I won't say it's a government. But, I mean, even think about it. You've got the United Federation of Planets, or the Federation for short. That, you know, you have the, you have the uh, let's start with uh, uh, the original series. You know, you've got several different uh, uh, species, I can't think of a better word mm -hmm. to use, of, people, uh, of, of beings that are part of that. 
But even at that point, you you just boil it up. It's still a big government controlling a bunch of species. Then you have the Klingons and you have the Romulans. And it, it just, you know, when do you get to that level where everybody is, I mean, yes, on Earth, could we, can we, and will we? I sincerely hope we achieve that one thing where everybody's working together well, for know, the common You know what, Kevin, good. they've got to do it within the next couple of billion years before the sun actually consumes the earth because if people are still stuck on this rock when that happens and no one agreed on anything sayonara we're gone everything we we we've worked for gone or when the big bang happens the other way you know all, all someone's got to do is, is uh, press the off switch and we're gone that's it shut oh. down does it look like this don't press that button! N-O. Oh. <laughs> you know, no, I, 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 you know, it would be great. I just... I can't know, I say it happening. That, I hope and pray that some it someday some of my descendants are there to see that. And, you know, they can say, oh, we had this, you know, our great, 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 great asshole, uncle, grandfather, <laughs> whatever it was, talked about it. You see, know, see, we but. were the we were the pioneers, along with Star Trek and everyone else who talk about it. We're we're the pioneers that want to see this go go forward. And you know, look, I, I look at something like the way the Federation is set up, but I don't class it as you know. Okay, the admirals are above the captains, but I don't class it as what it is today, which is let's backstab everyone to get ahead. Let's treat everyone like garbage because we want to get ahead personally. It's just aim for something, aim for the stars, aim for something magical. And look, you know, sci-fi dictates that we aim for the stars. We don't necessarily aim for, have to aim for the stars. Look at Doctor Who. Not aiming for the stars necessarily, aiming for time travel. You know, aiming for something that I'm in for answers, really, Kevin. Answers to why we're here. What What's the purpose of life? Are we all connected? Is string theory accurate or not? You know, all of this kind of thing. Is there a God? Isn't there a God? And what form is the God? And if there is a God, then who made the God? Where did the God come from? You get into so many philosophical questions that if mankind worked together to try and figure this out, we might actually come out with some interesting answers. I mean, scientists who work on this, theologians who work on it and so forth, they come out with interesting ideas and hypotheses surrounding these very topics. Unfortunately, trying to prove them is another thing. Uh, but it'd be great to just see everyone work together to try and answer these questions because then maybe life would be better. Life would be less about what can we get from someone else and who can we screw over and it'd be more about, shit, what can we do now? Well, you know, if you go with the theory, there are all there are a million different Marks and Kevins and a million different universes. Let's hope maybe in one of those universes they've solved the issue. There is world peace and... Mm -hmm. And everything, and your your head is in a jar with a mechanical body underneath of it. Um, you know, whatever you want to call the singularity, that's the the, the, the Borg of to me. You know, as negative as as the Borg is, I love the Borg. I love the concept of the Borg. 
I don't. No, you love seven of nine. Let's get it right. Okay, okay. You know, she's always in my dreams. But uh, that aside, um, <laughs> but you derailed me with that one. You, you got me good with that one, Kevin. Uh, now I'm thinking of seven nine, and uh, yeah, I can't think of what I was going to say. What I don't like. Uh, with the Borg. I, I love the idea of let's replace body parts. And, and they do that now to a certain extent. You know, you can get body parts replaced that are no longer functioning, robot hands and robot legs and stuff like that, which is ultra cool because it gives people that mobility. Um, sadly, though, those operations cost an arm and a bloody leg and many people who need them don't have access to them because doctors screw you and, and you know, want to take all your money. It's like... Okay, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I'll go back to seven of nine in a minute of the Borg. What is it with doctors? And 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 you know they they so they claim they want to help people, but yet all they do is want to screw people out of their money to do operations and and this and that and something else. What is it with doctors? I mean, seriously, why do they get paid? So ludicrously, why do they charge so ludicrously and, and you know, take the, the insurance issues and, and, and legal issues away from the topic because I know that they get sued every day of the week. But if they're there to help people, they're not really helping people. They're putting people in poverty and then people who can't afford health insurance, people who can't afford to get something done, either have to wait and suffer or go without or die early. And these guys are, are driving around in their BMWs and Mercedes-Benz. Well, there's a lot of reasons. And, yeah, when you take the insurance and the legal issues out of it, it does change things. But I guess I look at it, it's somewhat commensurate with what they have to know. You know, it's that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. I'm, I'm being compensated based on the fact that I studied engineering. You know, they're being compensated on the based on the fact that they – went through holy hell to become a doctor that doesn't make them a good doctor in some cases because yeah. I've known because I've known some real quacks in my time but you know it's but you know, I, I, okay I, I I, okay but here's another way to look at it okay so a doctor who can put up with cutting someone open and, and put up with the blood scenario that I can't can make a, a lot of money but yet someone who's a physicist who you know studies science and, and develops scientific techniques and, 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 you know, develops hypothesis that is put out there, that scientist is not going to earn anywhere near as much money as a doctor is. But does that make him or her less qualified, less intelligent? Hell no. But they're not getting paid on their level of intelligence. So why should a doctor be? Well, I'm not saying it's necessarily the level of intelligence. It's it's what you had to go through to become that profession on top of what you have to do to stay in that profession and on top of what you have to do to work in that profession. Just like you said, if you're a doctor, you've acquired a great deal of knowledge to become a doctor. That knowledge has to be continually updated. That's part of what being a doctor is. Then you have to put up with people you know, you are cutting people open. You're 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 looking down and up and in things that most people wouldn't want to do. Okay, and, but plumbers do the same thing, and and you know, okay, right. not not with body parts, yeah. but they they do a job that isn't necessarily one that many people would want to do. But they don't get paid necessarily big dollars. 
what plumbers do you work with? Because damn, all the ones I know don't get paid pretty good. <laughs> and some get paid as well as I do, matter of fact. <laughs> well, you know, look, it depends. I mean, your average labor of plumber that's going to come out to your house and do some work, they're not going to get a great income. If they work for a big corporation, sure. I don't know. The last plumber I had out here was $125 US per hour. Yeah, I'd look, you know. They charge and I know, granted, and I, know he, and I know he doesn't get that whole hundred and twenty-five U.S. dollars, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know that that aside, I'm not gonna. We won't we won't debate that. And plumbers do a, a necessary job, but I mean, you start to think about all those things, and I mean, then you think about uh, professions like a plump, not unlike a plumber, but a doctor is on call twenty-four-seven. They don't really have any time off per se, unless they get to a certain point in their profession where the damn doctor's out more than they're in. Well, you know, that that's sort of dependent because if you look at, you know, something like a medical center out here, and, and, and look, you know, we're having this conversation, I'm not sure of your situation in the U.S. with what doctors do, and, and out here it's probably different as well, but what tends to happen out here is you've got the, the doctors that work in the hospitals, and then you've got the doctors that work in medical centers or their own practices. Now, the ones that work in the, the medical centers and their own practices at 5.30 in the afternoon, they close shop and they go home. You know, they don't, they don't work on Sundays. They may work on Saturdays for like four hours till lunchtime. Um, the, now, the doctors that work in hospitals, yes, they're, they're on call 24-7. And I understand that and respect that, of course. And, and bear in mind, this whole conversation is not that I don't respect doctors. It's that... It's just one of those careers that I just look at and I think you're meant to be helping people and you're not really helping people. You're helping people who can afford the insurance, but you're not helping people who can't. I mean, I, I look at it, I can't afford uh, medical insurance for the family, so we've got to go on the public insurance um, scheme in Australia. Now, that public insurance scheme is pretty damn good. It's not too bad in comparison with you know other uh, countries around the world. But at the same time, there's a waiting list for everything. So, you know, uh, for instance, my son, he needs some speech therapy. Now, it was a six-month wait on the public system, or otherwise I could pay and, and you know, not be covered and, and get immediate treatment, in which I've done. But that's costing me $75 every single time he sees the speech therapist instead of getting it for free. So, you know, it, it's like I just look at... At that profession, I think if you were there to help people, why are you only helping those who can afford it? Why, you know, and and you see that you see people within that profession. They go to third world countries and so forth, and they help out. They they you know go without the big salaries, even though they could get it to help mankind. And then there's others that just go, you know what? Unless you pay me this, I'm not interested. Yeah, well. Then you get back to the basic premise of what we were talking about when we started this conversation: greed. Yeah, there are people. There, there is. There are doctors that will. There's Doctors Without Borders, which is a World Health Organization, mm-hmm. I think. You know where these doctors travel to horrific conditions to try to provide some relief to uh, people that are in very poor conditions or suffered some great natural disaster. And then you have other doctors, and I'm sure they're out there, just like anybody that enters any high paying profession they're just trying they're just doing it for the money mm. they don't really give a damn i mean really the the reason you become a doctor if if you really want to you become a doctor because you want to help people 
Yeah. It's and not, I, I don't believe don't that, do it for the money. Yeah, I, and I believe a lot of them do it for the money. You know, that that's their motivation. Oh, wow, I'll be set for life if I do this. Well, but I think there's also a group of them, or at least it's my perception, that there is a group of them that do it because they really want to focus on something. There's been some traumatic event in their life, uh, like they had a family member that died of some rare version of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and they go into it, you know, they go through all the stuff, but they go into it because they want to treat that. They want to get it to a level in their profession where they're doing research and treating people that have this very rare type of cancer or, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's the same thing with, and it's that's true with any profession. I mean, there are people that get into, into physics or astrophysics or anything like that. They want to make that next big discovery that advances man. You get people like that they get into engineering because they wanted to design and make that ultimate building, that ultimate um, device that helps man take the next step, you know, whatever it is. The ball so cube. There you go. Full of seven <laughs> of nine. And it always comes I, back to the Borg. Yeah. But, uh, you know. It, it, it depends on how you, why you entered the profession. If you entered the profession, then there's even another line. There's people that enter a profession just because a profession is a means to the end for them to live a happy life. They don't worry about getting rich. They worry about making enough money to get by. They're what a lot of people will term the nine to fivers. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to work at nine. They're done at five. They think nothing about work any other time. And and then you have the the people that get into it for uh, for the greater good, you know, and some of the more higher professions and stuff like that. And then you get the people that get into these bigger professions, and it's greed. It's pure, simple greed. So, so Kevin, I, I, I don't believe that you can genuinely want to help someone and have greed at the same time. No, I, you can't. I, I believe you will do a job, like a, a doctor, a, a surgeon could go and operate on someone and not give a damn because it's a job to them. But someone who really cares wouldn't have the greed. They, they'd they be, you know, helping everyone who they could. So, yeah, you just... We've got to annihilate greed, I think, is what we've, we've established in this conversation anyway, is that greed is currently the driving force of, of the world. People want what they can't have, and they'll go to almost any length to achieve it and to get it. And at the same time, that greed is tearing apart humanity. But isn't is greed one of what's termed the seven deadly sins? Yes, it is. So you know, I, I, get, actually, actually, we might talk next week's on next week's show about the seven deadly sins because it, it's a good okay. topic. I've probably committed four or five of them. <laughs> I think I've committed twelve of the seven. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean seven of the nine? <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good. Well, well, golf clap. <laughs> well now, just quickly to get back to the ball, what I was going to say before I went on that complete tangent, the only thing I don't like about the Borg is that singular mind. I don't want to know what other people are thinking. I don't want to be in that collective mind. I want to be able to tap a collective mind and pull out the information that I deem is important to me, but I, I don't want to be fully in that that collective mind so uh yeah 
Well, you know, though, any time in human history that you've had that collective mind, it has never led to something good. It has always, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Adolf Hitler's Nazi Germany. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, you know, um, and, and and every other example I can think of just went right out of my head. But you know, that that type of thing. Anytime you have that collective mind, it tends to cross over into evil because there's generally again somebody behind it that's got greed or something well, like that. You know, and, and and the fictional, you know, Borg universe, there is the Borg Queen, isn't there? So there's still someone at the top who is the ultimate controller, as Hitler was, uh, you know, with his view of what he wanted the world to be and become, uh, what he wanted Germania to, to actually be. And you've you got to take away that figurehead. You know, it, I don't know if you... Kevin, do you reckon that you could actually have, like, you know, out, out here we've got, you know, the Prime Minister, you've got the President of the United States, of course. Could you actually do without that big figurehead? Because from what I see from the US, the the President, yes, you know, is, is a single man, but it's the presidential office that is always referred to. So the, the single man isn't as important as the office of the president could you go without that one single figurehead and have just the office of the president which is a group of people working together to get the job done and 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 they do anyway it's just that one man stands up there and, and delivers speeches and has a final say but could you have a more united nations feel about the U.S. government or the Australian government, for instance, do you think that's possible? Um, yeah, it could be. I think just the way, though, that the governments were envisioned to get rid of the uh, totalitarianism or or uh, whatever you want to call it of uh, of the uh, older when, when you had kings and queens that actually did rule. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I, I think, it's set up most modern democratic or even socialistic governments are set up to, even though you have that one man that's the, the, the office of the president, and that's a single view from that point of government, but again, there are two other branches of government that you know, are supposedly equal in what they can do, and they can counteract what you know, anyone. It's the balance of power. So you know, if you have the office of the president... Well, then that would just be like another branch of the House of Congress, you know, or the, the you know Congress or Senate or whatever. You know, it could be something else. This is taking a U.S. centric view of it, but I, I don't know. I think you have to have that balance of power somehow, and what it would be, I don't know. Um, it baffled my mind because, especially since most modern governments are throwing us all down the toilet anyway. But you know, yeah, that's all it, right. exactly. Um, no, it's just one of those interesting things because recently in Australia, you may have heard, you know, on the grapevine with the news, we've changed Prime Minister. But the people didn't vote for a change. So the people had no control. And this is the second time it's happened to the Labor government in Australia um, where the Prime Minister, the, the sitting Prime Minister, has been voted out internally within their own party. Why? Because they couldn't win an election if they, they went and had the election at that point in time. And you just look at it and it's like they waste 
taxpayers' money doing this stupid crap, why do we need a Prime Minister? Why do we need a leader of a Labour or Liberal Party or Nationals Party? Uh, and, of course, I'm just referring to what happens in Australia. Why, why do we need that figurehead? Why can't we just have... This is the Labour Party. And they all work together and, and you know, just come up with great ideas. Why does there have to be a deciding figure? Why does there have to be a figure that goes out in the public and gets up and makes a speech? Just work together. And, and that's almost step one in the idealistic let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, but I think, you know, it's been a long, long time since I took civics uh, in uh, uh, college or high school, either one. So, I, you know, there, I, I seem to recall learning something about this. And again, you know, and I'm sure there's somebody out there screaming, you idiot, you know, you know, remember this, remember that. And if I go research it, it'd probably all come flooding back to me at some point because... Yeah, well, see, we don't uh, do any research for this show, Kevin. We we just talk out of our asses. So, well, we talk out of anything that it'll come out of, actually. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But, you know, there, I don't, there's some innate human need, I think, to have uh, at certain points a figurehead, you know, that you can point to and lead, the leader-follower mentality that seems to be inbred into most most humans because the people that don't have that mentality usually tend to go off and live quote unquote like hermits off to themselves they go off and you know they live by themselves they don't want to be led they don't want to they want to live by their rule and their rule only so you know there's there's a ton of reasons and i'm sure we could full, uh you know could argue about them all and it could probably take us hours or days to go through it but and you know, you know what's disappointing? We, I don't think we'd ever come out with an answer either to this problem necessarily. No, no, not we'd, a, not we'd all have you know different opinions, and oh, I feel sorry for mankind. You know what they say about opinions? They're just like assholes. Everybody has one. <laughs> and on that note, we will call an end to this episode of Geekiest Show Ever. <laughs> Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about you and uh, your asshole opinions, I guess? <laughs> Interesting. Those words go either way. Uh, they can always find me on Twitter at uh, as I hang out there on uh, twitter.com slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Also the same thing over on app.net, but I realized I haven't been on app.net for a week or two, so I need to... I haven't, back, I haven't been on there. there for like a month or two months. I just... I can't get into it, Kevin. I'm still on Twitter. Everyone's still on Twitter, and I don't see the point in in tweeting out more crap than I already do. So, well, you can find me there. I'm also on Google Plus as uh, Kevin Alder, A L L D is in David E R. Or if you really want to just find a link to everything, just go to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. Fantastic. And for anything relating to me, simply head across to markgreentree.com. Well, thank you for listening and putting up with the show about nothing. Because it literally was about nothing, but we ended up having some good topics. Uh, So anyway, until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. Arizona is never late, Fred Beggins. What's he at he arrives precisely when he means to. 
and usually listening to the Tech Fan Podcast with Tim Robertson and David Cohen, part of the Stoplight Network.